Warning. The following program contains the testimony of real Christians experiencing trials and tribulations. It could change your life. Welcome to the Firefly Report, showing how God works in people's lives. Hello friends and welcome to episode 24, a special edition of the Firefly Report. It's great to be back with you after a little over a year away from this microphone. I've been studying for a master's degree in professional counseling with Liberty University and that's taken up most of my free time. So unfortunately, I haven't been able to bring episodes each week. Still working on that degree, so due to time constraints, we're not going back to our regular schedule just yet, where we're doing episodes each and every week. But a few weeks ago, the Lord put a message on my heart that I needed to bring before a local church, and I wanted to share that message with you guys tonight via an episode. Also, I wanted to just keep you up to date with where things are with the Firefly Report. The Lord is really blessing this ministry with regards to the exposure that it's getting across the world. It has been played in 41 countries, and I'll read the list of those countries for you right now. We've been played, obviously, in the United States, but also Canada, the Netherlands, Australia, Germany, Brazil, the United Kingdom, Ireland, France, Spain, South Africa, Switzerland, Trinidad and Tobago, Costa Rica, Pakistan, Egypt, the Philippines, Malaysia, Mexico, Qatar, Taiwan, Ukraine, India, Belgium, Russia, Hong Kong, Portugal, Indonesia, Norway, Korea, Singapore, Greece, Belize, the United Arab Emirates, Japan, Panama, Sweden, Namibia, New Zealand, Burundi, and Saudi Arabia. So I just want to thank all of you that have been contributing to the Firefly Report. I want to thank all of you for your prayers and support. It does not go unnoticed, but I think it's just amazing with the fact the Firefly Report is not marketed. We don't have an advertising campaign. We simply put up episodes and people searching via Facebook or Google or iTunes or in any other source of media method have been able to find this ministry and hear the touching episodes that people have graciously shared their lives with for this ministry. For those of you who have not listened to the other episodes, which we have, I encourage you to do that on www.thefireflyreport.com. You can also check us out on soundcloud.com, or I definitely encourage you to download our podcast, which is free on iTunes. Just simply go to podcast on itunes.com, and download the Firefly Report, or subscribe, rather, to the Firefly Report on iTunes. It's free. There's a link on our website where you can also do it via that way. Or you can simply go to our website, www.thefireflyreport.com, and stream our episodes via that website. 
If you like the material that we're sharing on the Firefly Report, please share this site with others and encourage them to download the podcast because the only way we can get this truth and this message out is by you sharing this with others. So if you like what you hear tonight, please share this episode with others. You can copy and paste the player into comment sections on Facebook. That's one way to share or point them to the other media methods that I've already mentioned to you tonight. So with that being said, I hope you enjoy tonight's episode, and please continue to get the word out about the Firefly Report, and if you know anyone or you're interested yourself in sharing your testimony on the Firefly Report, please do not hesitate to contact us. We'd be more than happy to set up an interview and set up an episode for you to share your testimony about Jesus Christ with others. Thanks, and enjoy episode 24 on the Firefly Report. Amen. Amen. I want to welcome Jason and all his family. And I, this is something I've been looking forward to it and I'm excited about. Jason, if you come on up. I know God has got a word for us through you and Absolutely. let God just lead you and direct you and, and you bring forth a word that God has given you to give us. Thank you, all right. Good morning, church. Amazing how fast time flies. Um, a year and a half ago, I came before you and shared with you my personal testimony and, and how I got to the point where I'm at today in my life. Um, I spoke with you a little bit about the Firefly Report. But before we get started today, I just have to say, um, you heard my testimony about my mother and the impact that she's had on my life. And I just want to say it's by the grace of God that she's here today. Amen. And I just want to give him the praise for that. Since I was here... A year and a half ago, speaking for you, there's been a lot of things going on in my life, a lot of good, a lot of bad, but my family, we've tried to stay faithful to the Lord. We've tried to stay focused on his will and purpose for our lives, and right after I spoke here a year and a half ago, I finally completed the book that I've been working on that told my personal testimony, and what I did today is I brought a bunch of copies of that book, and anyone here that wants a book, I'm giving them away in the back. Um, for those of you that have read the book and you like the book and you, you like the ministry that it, that it entails, please take another copy and give it to a friend because I want this message to get out because I don't want anyone out there that's suffering, that's going through terrible circumstances in life, to not know that they have strength in the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so before you go today, if you would, just take a book, read it. If you enjoy it, share it with other people because... There's a lot of life lessons in there that the Lord taught me that I would just love other people to, to hear that same message. The Lord has blessed the Firefly Report. Uh, it has been played in 34 countries as up to this point. That's no marketing. That's nothing. That's no money put into this or anything. That's just simply people following the Holy Spirit on the Internet, finding the site. It's been played in Africa. It's been played in the Middle East. It's been played in Kuwait. It's been played in Europe, all over the world. And that's strictly the Lord Jesus Christ that's been doing that for us. Next week, our nation's political process begins, and I want us to take a trip down memory lane. And I'm going to play an address made on June the 6th, 1944. And as you hear this prayer from FDR, I want you to listen to each and every word that he spoke about this country and his desire for this country. So, Luke, if you go ahead. My fellow Americans, last night when I spoke with you, about the fall of Rome, I knew at that moment that troops of the United States and our allies were crossing the channel in another and greater operation. 
It has come to pass with success thus far. And so, in this poignant hour, I ask you to join with me in prayer. Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. Lead them straight and true. Give strength to their arms, stoutness to their hearts, steadfastness in their faith. They will need thy blessings. Their road will be long and hard. For the enemy is strong. He may hurl back our forces. Success may not come with rushing speed, but we shall return again and again. And we know that by thy grace and by the righteousness of our cause, our sons will triumph. They will be sore tried by night and by day without rest until the victory is won. The darkness will be rent by noise and flame. Men's souls will be shaken with the violences of war. For these men are lately drawn from the ways of peace. They fight not for the lust of conquest. They fight to end conquest. They fight to liberate. They fight to let justice arise and tolerance and goodwill among all thy people. They yearn but for the end of battle, for their return to the haven of home. Some will never return. Embrace these, Father, and receive them, thy heroic servants, into thy kingdom. And for us at home, fathers, mothers, children, wives, sisters, and brothers of brave men overseas, whose thoughts and prayers are ever with them, help us, almighty God, to rededicate ourselves in renewed faith in thee in this hour of great sacrifice. Many people have urged that I call the nation into a single day of special prayer. But because the road is long and the desire is great, I ask that our people devote themselves in a continuance of prayer. As we rise to each new day, and again when each day is spent, let words of prayer be on our lips, invoking thy help to our efforts. Give us strength too, strength in our daily tasks, to redouble the contributions we make in the physical and the material support 
of our armed forces. And let our hearts be stout to wait out the long travel, to bear sorrows that may come, to impart our courage unto our sons, wheresoever they may be. And, O oh Lord, give us faith. Give us faith in thee, faith in our sons, faith in each other, faith in our united crusade. Let not the keenness of our spirit ever be dulled. Let not the impacts of temporary events, of temporal matters of but fleeting moment, let not these deter us in our unconquerable purpose. With thy blessing, we shall prevail over the unholy forces of our enemy. Help us to conquer the apostles of greed and racial arrogances. Lead us to the saving of our country and with our sister nations into a world unity that will spell a sure peace, a peace invulnerable to the schemings of unworthy men, and a peace that will let all men live in freedom, reaping the just rewards of their honest toil. Thy will be done, almighty God. Amen. Thy will be done, and the call for daily prayer. A short 72 years ago, from the President of the United States, a liberal Democrat President of the United States. How far have we fallen in 72 short years? It was said to be the greatest generation, and often when I think back to our country's history, I think about a lot of great men in this room who fought, some fought, some lost their lives while fighting. But what was the just cause? Why were we fighting? We were fighting for Christian principles. We're a nation founded on Christian principles. But today, I must ask you, can you imagine any current president or presidential candidates making such an eloquent plea for the Lord? Can you imagine any of the current candidates praying like that in public. How far have we fallen? Political correctness is a problem in this country, but not the problem for the reasons that some of us think that it is. Political correctness strips us of our Christian principles. It tries to remove God from everything. And in some cases, it is removing God from everything. For my multicultural counseling class, we had to read a textbook. And the textbook is a, it's a state mandated, basically federal mandated class that we must have to become a professional counselor. And the textbook requires us to learn about the multiple religions, how we would counsel clients in the various religions. The last chapter of the textbook basically talked about how universalism which is basically the idea that we all worship the same God despite what faith we believe in, 
how universalism is truth and how the Muslim God is the same as the Christian God and how we all worship the same God. Folks, that's a lie straight from the pits of hell. A current presidential candidate has a slogan of make America great again. But unfortunately, much like his predecessors and those currently seeking the Oval Office, the infrastructure, the economy, and the size of our military are not what have made this country great. God's blessings and a belief in Christian principles as the foundation for one nation under God are the only reasons that America has ever been great. So where do we go wrong? Unfortunately, the answers rest in the silence of the church. So if you have God's word with you, please open it up and turn with me to Matthew 10. We're going to start at verse 32. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him will I also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be those of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. That's a little bit contrary to the prosperity gospel, don't you think? He who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. I want to ask everyone a question this morning. And I want you to search your own heart and ask yourself this question. The American dream, the idea of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that only works when Jesus is at the center of what we're doing. But unfortunately, what seems to have transpired over time is that we've become a nation that worships our success. We worship the system. Most of us work 40-plus-hour jobs. We have to make a living. And in this process and through what our culture has done is all our focus has become narcissistic. It's become about us. Facebook, the Internet, television programming, how much time each week do each of us spend worrying about ourselves? How much time each week do we spend doing things that we want? How much time do we spend each week reading God's word? How much time do we spend each week in prayer? And compare those two together. Unfortunately, we're all failing miserably, myself included. Because I stand before you a fallible man. I'm nothing. I'm just a humble servant of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And as I'm standing up here today, so can any of you. There's nothing special about me. There's nothing special about my life. We all have the opportunity to serve our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So how many of us put family and friends before God? 
How many of us are more worried about being accepted? I understand that. As a professional counselor, I know that humans are relational beings who crave acceptance. But are we supposed to crave the acceptance of man? Or are we supposed to crave the acceptance of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? We weren't created to serve our own fleshly needs and desires. Instead of standing up for Christian values, American Christians have stood silent. Jesus wants us to stand up for him in the face of persecution. Where were we when prayer was taken out of schools? Where were we when an estimated 57 million babies had been aborted in this country? Where were we when videos surfaced that baby parts, aborted baby parts, were being sold for money? And what do we do? We pass legislation to keep that organization continuing. Where were we when last summer the United States Supreme Court said that an abomination before God Almighty was deemed appropriate for marriage. Church of America, where are we? Where have we been? If you would, skip back to verse 27. Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. And what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetop. And do not fear those who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? And not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore. You are, more, you are of more value than many of the sparrows. Jesus is saying he knows everything about us. He knows our thoughts. He knows our desires. He knows our actions. He even knows the number of hairs on our head. In those verses, Jesus is calling each of us out. In America, we quiver and shake at the thought of losing friends, jobs, material possessions. We think persecuting is being picked on and ridiculed. Meanwhile, Christians in the Middle East are getting burned alive, crucified, and beheaded, and we think we're being persecuted. I even studied uh, Roman Catholic history before doing this message because I wanted to get a good fix on the Inquisitions and exactly what that evil monstrosity did to Christians for thousands of years, believe it or not. And there's a common theme throughout the Bible and throughout human history. Christians get persecuted. And through that persecution, through that trial by fire, is how we grow stronger in our walk with the Lord. It's a point we get pushed to, to where we have to make a decision. Am I going to get angry at God? Am I going to stay angry at God? Am I going to turn from God and serve myself? Or am I going to repent and change? But to get a good idea, to get a good idea of what true persecution is and how ashamed we should each be for what we've allowed to transpire in this country and continue to allow to transpire in this country. Skip back with me to verse 16. 
This is Jesus speaking to the apostles before the establishment of the early church when he sent them out to minister. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to councils and scourge you in their synagogues. You will be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony of them and to the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, do not worry about how and what you should speak, for it will be given to you in that hour what you should speak. For it is not you who speak, but the spirit of your father who speaks in you. Now brother will deliver up brother to death and to father his child, and children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. And you will be hated for all by my name's sake. But he who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in this city, flee to another. For assuredly, I say to you, you will not have gone through the cities of Israel before the Son of Man comes. Can someone tell me anywhere in that passage, does it say, Behold, I will send you out as world-beating conquerors, and all your enemies will fall at your feet, and life is going to be fantastic. No. No. Does it say that for the love of your family members and your friends, that it's okay to put off the cross, to put off your Christian life in order to maintain balance and happiness? No. Friends, if you think a liberal atheist in America in skinny jeans is scary, can you imagine a pagan Roman emperor like Nero deciding to feed you to lions for your faith? We cannot fathom persecution Yet we remain silent and put our confidence in politicians to save us. There are also those that fear the attacks of the devil. Scripture has taught us that Satan petitioned God for the permission to attack Job and Jesus stated he petitioned God to sift Peter as wheat. How many of you this morning are feeling like you're being sifted today? I know there's countless people in this room who are being sifted. But it's how you respond. Even Peter fell shortly. He denied Jesus three times. But what did Jesus say? He said, but Peter, I will pray for you that when you return to me, that you may strengthen the brethren. That promise still exists today. Isn't it interesting how the devil attacks those who strive to serve God the most? That's an interesting thing for us all to think about. How many of us are being persecuted? How many of us are not being persecuted? And if so, what does that say? Persecution is how God strengthens us. So why do we fear it? Why do we fear being labeled politically incorrect? Why do we fear losing friendships for our salvation? Why do we not care so much about those friends who would ridicule us and love them to know that if we don't share Jesus Christ with them today, that they could be taken out of this world tomorrow and that blood is on our hands. America does not have a political problem. We have a sin problem and Christians have sat idly by and refused to take a stand for Jesus Christ. Our only hope for the future of our country is to repent as individuals and turn back to God. 
We must start standing up to the political structure that is seeking to remove every fabric of Christianity from our culture. Every day, every day, I think about the future that my children are going to have to grow up in. And it breaks my heart because I've seen both sides. I've seen a time and a period of time in this country where there was a great moving of the Holy Spirit. Where we weren't afraid to pray in public. Where we weren't afraid to talk about our Christian values. And now we're living in a country where the government says that we're no longer a Christian nation. Let that sink in for a second. We must take the gospel to the communities and allow the Holy Spirit to work in our midst. We must repent of our sins, stop the idolatrous behaviors of spending countless hours a week watching television and surfing the web instead of reading God's word and being in prayer. In order to make America great again, we must first make the church great again. Amen. And follow the commands of Jesus Christ in the face of persecution. In a moment, we're going to partake in the Lord's Supper. And I ask that you evaluate your life before the Lord. Seek repentance and pray daily for the future of America. For we are at war. The question is, which side are you on today? Pastor. As you listen to that episode tonight, isn't it amazing to think back to how this country used to operate from a spiritual perspective? Contrast that with today, the political climate, with which our current candidates are lawyers, liars, and billionaires, oh my, and realize just what an important part that Christians like you and me and millions of us across the world, the valuable part we have to play in maintaining the moral fiber of the world in which we live. Unfortunately, Political correctness and the modernization of our country and our culture is stripping our Christian principles from us each and every day. Our educational systems are pushing collectivism. And there's no wonder today that there's such extreme numbers of youth in this country who are morally bankrupt and drawn to political figures who are socialist or communist. I mean, that's, that's really not that surprising. So as you think about what we've heard tonight, I just ask that you not only pray for our country and the future direction with which we're headed, but that you seek to be that spiritual voice in your community, in your social circles, in your churches even. Because the days of being able to be armchair Christians are over. The days of being able to sit back and watch our country be taken over by progressives and liberals and communists and socialists are over. We're at a crossroads now. It's time for action now. It's time to stand up for the Christian principles that this country was founded on. It's time to stand up for the freedom that this country was founded on. It's not time to be giving up our Christian principles for political correctness. It, it's time for just the opposite. So please, I ask that you just not only pray for this country, but that you seek to be a difference maker. You seek to be a voice. You seek to be someone who can intellectually step up and spiritually step up and walk the walk to go with the talk, not simply be an armchair Christian who sits silently and idly back while the world burns and our children and our grandchildren are left to pick up the pieces 
and try to survive in a world that is completely different from the world that you and I grew up in. Because folks, there's only one hope, and that one hope is found through repentance and supplication to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening tonight. I hope you enjoyed this episode 24 of the Firefly Report, and I look forward to bringing future episodes to you in the coming weeks. Good night, and God bless. If you would like more information on how you can share your testimony on the Firefly Report, visit www.thefireflyreport.com and click on the link entitled, Share My Testimony. We would love to hear from you and talk with you about how God's working in your life.